because this is for the rasa. This is for the rasa. Rasa, rasa. This is for the rasa. This is Reform Rasa. Gracias for tuning in once again. My name is Martin Velasquez alongside with my brothers. What up, everybody? This is Pastor Vic. Hey, guys. This is Justin. And this is Reform Raza. Don't forget to hit us up on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Send us an email at reformraza.gmail.com with any questions, comments, concerns, or rebukes. You can hit us up right there. So, gracias for tuning in once again. This is Reform Raza. This is a podcast where we expose the powers of darkness. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh... Before we get started, so if you've been following our series on justification, adoption, sanctification, this whole theology journey that we've been on, uh, and then we had Can You Lose Your Salvation, it all follows through with the, with the doctrines of the Bible, and these are the groundwork, as we've been saying, that through these doctrines, we'll be able to see other things in light of these, and the harder questions in life or of the Bible, we'll be able to answer through these foundational doctrines so today is going to be very very important even in light of those doctrines because what are we on today guys well we're already on (laughs) (laughs) so today we have a special guest with us that um she's going to tell her story which is pretty powerful about an experience that she went through with an organization and uh, we want to be able to to teach soundly about the things that are going on and the, also the bible calls us to expose those who are not in line with the doctrines of the word mm-hmm. of god so today we do have a special guest her name is nadia palacios <laughs> Say what up. hey guys what's up so nadia is here with us and she's going to tell us a story about uh an organization that she was involved with and uh that she is has has now come out of so Nadia, if you can introduce yourself, who are you, where you're from, what's your testimony, where are you coming from? Yeah, so my name is Nadia, obviously. Um, I was raised in the church uh, from a very young age. I was basically born into Christianity. My parents, um, well, my mom um, was a Christian, and then along the way, uh, obviously my dad as far as I knew, he was serving in the church, you know, just being a young kid. But um, yeah, so I was raised in the church. I was raised in an evangelical church. Um, I was in church every Sunday. I was like from the time I was, I mean, from the time I was born, for as long as I can remember, uh, God has always been a part of my life. Church has always been a part of my life. So um, that's my background but as far as my testimony and my faith and how um my walk with christ came about uh, obviously like i said i have that background from my family but it wasn't more until i would say 18 years old i really came into a relationship with christ um as a teen i was rebelling running amok um, yeah. <laughs> on the streets you know Your average teen <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> average teen doing whatever it is that we do in our acts of rebellion but Um, the Lord saved me, um, and he called me out of that, uh, I think around 18 years old. I was on the streets with, um, my husband at the time and 
um, he was in and out of jail and he was kind of just tired of seeing that same cycle happen over and over again. And I told him like, well, hey, why don't we just like come to church? I was raised this way and I think this would really help change our lives. And so we kind of took it from there. And um, my mom, uh, because I had other siblings who were rebellious, happened to know Pastor Santos. Shout out, shout, shout out, out, shout out, shout out um, yeah, so if it wasn't for that, um, Pastor Santos was actually my brother's counselor, mm. a youth counselor, when he was around 14, 15 years old. Dang, that's crazy. Yeah, so we have a lot of history with um, Pastor as well. Um, so when we found his church, because my mom had lost touch with him, mm-hmm. uh, they were having the Judgment Day play at the time, and my mom actually told me, like, hey, they're having the play, come to church, it's this day, this time. I actually ended up getting arrested that day because, <laughs> oh, yeah, um, I was supposed to come to church that day, but ended up hanging out with some friends um, and going to jail myself. Uh, so that was like another eye opening thing. I was already kind of like on mm. my way to church and trying to fix my life and trying to clean my life up. But there was um, that. So that was another thing that kind of pushed me more into um, seeking God. So mm-hmm. eventually, uh, Brian and I, my husband, came to Street Light Church, and um, that was it. From there on, like, we were sold out. We were on fire. We were on ministry, um, serving in church and doing the work of the Lord. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much been the ride since then. So the organization that I call it an organization mm-hmm. because personally I do not believe that this is a church, right? Honestly, and the church that we're talking about is Hillsong. Um, just the whole movement of what Hillsong is. Uh, this organization I think has demonstrated even in the history of of its foundation that it's been uh, funky for a very long time, and just recently, just a lot of things. I've come to light, um, especially in the form of worship. Um, a lot of people are attracted to this uh, mega organization. And then you you got involved with them at some point, right? Mm-hmm. And tell us how did you get involved with, with them? Um, so uh, I want to say it was like maybe mm-hmm. like around 2013. I had family mm-hmm. uh, who left to start Hillsong College. Mm-hmm. Um, so that opened the door. All the way in Australia, right? All the way in Sydney, yeah. yes. Um, I had family who had left, and obviously, you know, they're saying, like, oh, Hillsong College is great. Mm-hmm. Um, they're out there doing the work for the Lord, or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to judge before I say, like, anything else, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. Everything is coming from a place of love and um, just wanting people to mm-hmm. have their eyes open. So, um so yeah my family became involved and then eventually it came down to my youngest sister she was at that age where uh students are leaving to college and she had just come out of high school and went straight to sydney Mm. um and yeah so that's how we became involved with hillsong um and that's how it pretty much started and it trickled into my family from there yeah Damn, that's crazy. That was 2013? Yeah. Man, yeah. I remember that day, too, when, when your sister was telling everyone that she was going to go to college and then that whole, you know, her leaving and all that. That was crazy. Yeah. And it was initially supposed to be one year, then turned into three years. Yeah. And then it turned into another one of my sisters saying she was going to go because mm-hmm. she went and visited. And and then she was just like, I have to go. 
<laughs> so so yeah so then in a way that that sort of like started the the part of being involved with Hillsong because your sisters and then your cousin mm-hmm. right um what drew you in then afterwards I mean, I mean i mean they were you know a part of Hillsong but then what what drew you into the church after that yeah um well i would hear nothing but great things you know mm-hmm. and you want to believe when people are out leave especially they're going miles yeah. away they're going yeah. so far away so mm-hmm. you want to believe that they're going out to do something good mm-hmm. and that they really are being taught what the scriptures say mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. they're being edified and whatnot um so it, it all sounded good um my sister came back she was i wouldn't say changed because she well my little sister she's always been like a very good servant like uh, she just has a heart for god mm-hmm. um but it just didn't seem sketchy Mm-hmm. Like, well, yeah. I always had my doubts about mega churches. So yeah. I, in my mind, I always thought Hillsong was a mega church. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the way they like sold me on it was like, no, like, you know, there's such great community and everybody's mm-hmm. so great and they do so much work They're for loving. the Lord. And, yeah. You know, it sounds, yeah. it sounds very close mm-hmm. to what Christianity should be. Mm-hmm. Um and I think during that time too, um, that's when Hillsong really blew up with the song Oceans. Yeah. During yeah. that time, Oceans blew up, and now like every church is playing Oceans. That mm-hmm. and then and every church now is starting to play Hillsong songs. Mm-hmm. So of course, like you know, uh, everyone was drawn to Hillsong. Yeah. At that time. Yeah, it was like a crazy takeover. Yeah. Did you ever attend Hillsong Australia, the one where Brian Houston is at? Um, visit that congregation. So I did recently mm-hmm. visit. I was there uh, last year, mm-hmm. um, but sorry to answer your question. Mm-hmm which was how like I got mm-hmm. involved was basically my sisters had come back. They had all these good things to say. And at the moment, to be honest, maybe it was just in my selfish pursuit or, you know, like mm-hmm. the flesh. Um, I didn't think I was being fed at church. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And mm-hmm. um, I thought just like what they had experienced, I, I thought maybe I should be experiencing a church that has more. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should be experiencing a church that has better worship, a church that has better preachers. Um, like, I don't know. It was just, I kind of, I guess I was sold on what they represented or what they had been taught or what they had experienced because what they what they had experienced was miles and miles and miles away and for me that was like impossible for me Mm -hmm. to experience yeah so come 2017 uh that's when they announced that there would be a hillsong oc Mm. um so once that announcement came out my sisters were like that's it like we're we found our church we're Mm. gonna be part of hillsong oc this and this and that and at the, at the time, I had already had that thought process, like, I think I'm going to start leaving Streetlight and start looking for something else. Mm-hmm. Um, so that those things kind of, like, fell into place. Um, and then in the middle of all of that, my husband passed away. So I was in a vulnerable place as well, yeah. kind of, like, not really knowing what I was seeking or what I really needed at mm-hmm. the time. Obviously, I needed Christ. Um, but that was how that came about. So, yeah, yeah, 2017, uh, Hillsong OC was announced. And I decided I'm going to follow my sisters. I want to see what they're talking about. They've been talking about this for years. They've flown back and forth to Sydney tons of times. And um, 
it was finally going to be here. I was yeah. finally going to be able to experience it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, my sisters have been doing this for years. Like, let me go check it out. Let me go see what, what it's all about. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And so, so you get involved with them around two, 2017, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're in there, you're, you're, you become a servant, right? You become serving. Yeah. And as far as um, the teaching or the preaching is concerned, what kind of teachings did, it, did they have there? Like, what were they talking about mainly at the services? Um, the, to me, honestly, that was like the hardest thing. Because I came from a church who taught about sin. I came mm-hmm. from a church who taught, rebuked, <laughs> even their didn't you know speak? Yeah. Of, didn't just like um, preach about rebuking, but mm-hmm. they actually rebuked their members. You yeah. know, like we'd be sat down, we'd be talked to, we'd be yeah. encouraged and rebuked, and mm-hmm. so that was something that I was used to. But it was mm-hmm. like a total like shift. Shift, yeah. yeah. And I didn't notice that, so that was like automatically one thing that seemed very sketchy to me because I was used to it mm-hmm. um, so it, it they all the sermons sound very motivational mm-hmm. uh, they do use the word Jesus and God and blessings you know like it all just sounds the same mm-hmm. except um, you start to realize if you have been in your word and if you have sound doctrine and you know you have the word in your heart then you have to realize these things but it's easy to turn a blind eye because you want to go off it's easy to go off the emotions yeah. too yeah mm-hmm. yeah so i think that's where i was at too um i was embraced i was in a hard place in my life i had just lost my husband i was transitioning from churches mm-hmm. and so i did feel embraced i did feel like i became part of the community because i jumped into a team and i was you know hosting uh so our job is to lead people into the church and we kind of like set the atmosphere where the first face that everybody Mm -hmm. sees and so uh that's how i became involved and i really did believe that i was you know doing the god's work Mm -hmm. um by serving in the church because even you know when when i was a part of streetlight i know that it's a part of being a part of being in the church is serving yeah yeah um so I knew that. So obviously I wanted to serve. Mm-hmm. Obviously I wanted to be a part of the church. You know, obviously I wanted to be a part of building whatever it was that, mm-hmm. that you know, God tells us to build. But um, yeah, so the preaching, um, it's very watered down, mm-hmm. to be honest. To me, it wasn't, I wasn't being fed. Can you, you know? give us an example of what the typical sermon was like? Um... It's just like, is it like your purpose, you know, guys, a plan for your life or destiny? You know, like the pastor will present something to you like, you know what? I was going through the week and then this happened. Mm -hmm. And then so then they'll find a scripture that Mm kind of ties into that. And then they'll go based off of that. And Mm -hmm. then they'll encourage you off of that scripture that even though this is happening, you know, God is for you. God is with you. He's Mm going to bless you and just serve him just let him change your life kind of thing you know kind of do 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 yes yeah Yeah. um i think that's a that's a undercover kind of um falsehood that people don't recognize when they kind of preach law without gospel meaning in order to receive god's blessing in order for god to do this in your life you have to do this first. You have to be obedient. You got to tithe. You got to do all these things in order to receive God's blessing. 
And the only logical conclusion would be like, well, if you're not receiving these blessings, it's because you're not doing your part. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that's an uh, undercover fallacy that people don't recognize that a lot of these, not just Hillsong, but a lot of mega churches preach like do, do, do. But where's the where's the gospel? Right. The gospel is is done. The law says you got to do the gospel. is Jesus has done it all for you. Right. So I don't know if that's something that that. You ever heard like have you ever heard like the gospel actually preached like Christ crucified bled and died on the cross for your sin repent turn to him would you ever hear any of that no um there there's like hardly ever any mention mm. of our sin there's definitely no rebuke mm-hmm. um ever there's hardly ever that I could remember a mention of hell mm. um or even of God's sovereignty mm, yeah. of how holy he is <laughs> yeah. of how like you cannot just disrespect yeah. him you know mm. like and those were the things that like started to pop out at me that I was mm. just like wow like this there's something wrong here yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. man I was gonna say that that's crazy because uh you, you already know the Bible. You had a background of preaching. Um, and then you go to this church where it, it's like, how you said, it's motivational. It's encouraging. So so it sounds good. It sounds nice. But, I mean, I think that people that, that go, I mean, I don't know what you think, but I think people that go aren't really in their words. So they hear these words and they're like, oh, that's good. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. Maybe not biblical, but that sounds good. That's what I want. Yeah. And I think that's how, how churches start to build up more, or organizations build up more. <laughs> well, I like yeah. to use it's, that word. It's the seeker-friendly yeah. You know, that's their mentality. They want to be seeker friendly. They want to be able to draw everybody and anybody in and for people to sit in their church and not feel offended. Mm, So they could keep the number of people continuing to grow. Yeah. Yeah. Because you want, you know, they say like community is their thing. Their their slogan is welcome home. Mm -hmm. Like who doesn't want to feel welcome? So then I I think leading that that leading into the next question then is, um, as as being a part of a congregation one of the most um beautiful things about a a local church is that it's able to reflect the community around yeah right so like for example we live here in orange county and around us there's um there's sections of like the asian community there's sections of like the hispanic community and then um just different communities all around us so is our church reflecting that and i think today in our own congregation, we do reflect a yeah. good number of, of, of different um, diverse di- group diverse of group of people, yeah. right? Um, did you see that in Hillsong? Because I mean, I mean, mind you, Hillsong or OC was in the heart of Santa Ana, yeah, yeah. in the Hispanic community. Santana, for those who don't know, is, <laughs> is uh, Santana. It's, it's mostly mostly a Hispanic city, um, mostly a, a ghetto area. The right there city. near Fourth Street, where all the vendors yeah, are at, especially yeah. down Fourth Street, where where this it's around that area, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Right down Main Street, right? It's right in the middle mm-hmm. of downtown Santa Ana. Mm-hmm. Right in one of the most gang-infested areas. Yeah. 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 So, like how Justin was saying, did they outreach to the community? Did the Hillsong OC reflect the people around the area? Yeah. Um, The church itself does look very diverse. You'll Mm -hmm. see Mm -hmm. different cultures, Mm -hmm. um, Asian, black, white, Latino. Uh, But what I didn't notice was, um, or where you do see kind of like the difference is the Mm -hmm. wealth level yeah um uh, you can tell that people are well off these are upper class and it it is strange Mm. when you see upper class people Mm. walking into downtown santa Ana, where you know the it's poverty Mm -hmm. there's 
poor there's poor people there mm-hmm. even i would consider myself to be a, a poor person mm-hmm. um not like i don't mean it you know no, i know yeah. there's we're, we're, i know there's people who are we're, 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 low, we're what do you call it low class or, or uh, considered the you yeah, know how people it, consider we are low, uh, uh, lower class yes yeah, so low income it yeah. would be shocking mm-hmm. to people when i would meet them and they'd say like oh okay so are you from around here and i'd be like yeah i'm actually from santa ana yeah. <laughs> and then they'd be like Oh. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, so yeah. everybody actually drives out from other parts of the county that uh-huh. are actually well off. Like South County? Like yeah. Santa? Laguna Beach, yeah. Newport Beach, Huntington yeah. Beach. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm talking about like the wealthier communities, obviously. Hey, there's, um, a, there's a brown spot in Huntington Beach, <laughs> in case you know, right? For the most part, I would say uh, there wasn't very many people who were actually from Santa Ana that mm-hmm. I met. I would, I honestly didn't meet anybody other than you and your sisters other than me and my sisters yeah. i mean i could be wrong i didn't meet everybody yeah. so there could mm-hmm. be obviously people from santa Ana, but as far as the diversity uh you didn't see any cholos walk up in there with their shaved heads baggy pants and going into hillside um like here and there mm-hmm. um and i think they're mostly just skeptics mm-hmm. you know like people yeah. who hear about the church want to mm-hmm. come visit come check it out um but never really stuck around mm-hmm. that wasn't really the the type of people you you would see there, yeah. Mm. So, so now you're you're in this congregation. You're you're serving. You're starting to notice some sketchy things going on. Um, maybe feeling some discomfort. So, what caused you, or what caused you to notice that something wasn't right? Like, was there like as far as the teaching, yeah. you know that something was was wrong. But was there like an event? Or something that you said, bang, this is kind of like crossing the line, kind of more convincing you of like yeah. leaning more towards, man, I, I just probably need to get out of here. Yeah, so I was already aware that it was very watered down. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it it's, it's kind of like the way their template is or the mm-hmm. way they convince people is that God is loving. Mm-hmm. And so we have to cater to mm-hmm. the message and like, be careful around what you mm. like and it just didn't make sense to me yeah. you know i'm just like why do we have to be careful with god's word it, it is mm. what it is yeah exactly. you know what i mean like why am i why are they only speaking on this and not and not this mm-hmm. um and i honestly wanted to hear rebuke i mm. wanted to hear those things because it was what i had heard before mm-hmm. um but there was a personal situation in our family that happened and um it was brought to church leadership and it was not addressed the way I thought it would Mm. have been addressed, the way it should have been addressed. And they couldn't even address it with scripture. Mm. It was more like the same thing, like God is loving and God will deal with it. But it's just like, no, if you're the leader of the church and Mm. this is happening in your church, you deal with it Mm. because these are your sheep. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of when I started kind of like getting angry because I was like, wait a minute. This person on the pulpit is responsible for me. Mm. And I'm mm. like, Mm-mm. he's not feeding me. Mm. He's not doing his job mm. of feeding the rest of the sheep. Dang. So that was kind of where I started to feel really angry mm. and started to like just seek God even more on my mm. own and like turn to scripture even more. Um, not that I like wasn't already doing it, but just in regards to those mm-hmm. things and those subjects, like mm-hmm. I really needed to dig that out and mm-hmm. have it come alive again. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so that there was a situation that happened that didn't get addressed and that kind of like fueled the flame mm, as to yeah. like opening my eyes up to the way things should have been and then also in regards to the same situation i actually came to pastor santos mm. and it wasn't that i wanted to hear what i wanted to hear but i knew he was a man of god and mm. a man of scripture and he absolutely confirmed um, what the scriptures say mm. yeah there was no walking around it there mm. was no tiptoeing around it it wasn't ignored and um he did what a what a righteous pastor should do yeah i gotta give a shout out to pastor santo because yeah. he has helped me out um our family out in a, in a lot of situations um my son isaac when he was two or three years old he has he has rsv rs i forget what the it's a breathing disorder mm. where it's like a, the whooping cough or whatever when you get it mm. and he has to go on a, on a machine that blows out smoke that he has to inhale in order to help his lungs open up and breathe and the first time he got that his lungs were infected probably like around two years old and pastor santos and his wife elena they went to the hospital right away to comfort my wife because she would not leave him alone in the hospital she was there like the whole i think it was like two or three days i was in the hospital they were the first ones there when my mother-in-law got sick uh, she, they were the first ones there uh, when my uncle um, passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, they went before he died, and oh, my whole family like there. That's the job of a pastor mm-hmm. to meet the needs of the sheep in those kinds of situations. And if a pastor is not doing that, then I wouldn't consider that a pastor because, as big as a mega church is, some some congregations are twelve thousand, seventeen thousand, man, a whole stadium packed down with people. How are you gonna? go to every hospital visit how are you going to meet the needs of every single individual because part of being a pastor is more than just preaching a sermon mm-hmm. on sundays is meeting the needs of the people as well feeding the sheep not only with the word but with actions with good works with actually meeting i don't know i don't even know if a lot of people would even have their number to their pastor like i can hit up my pastor right. and be like hey pastor you know i got a situation need some advice or what you know can you help me out I got his number. I can text him and he'll, and he'll respond, you know? Yeah. That's a beautiful thing about about having a pastor with, with the, within the smaller church context. Intentional, Intentional. Right? How are you going to do that? You know, I, I've heard some stories where where some people, you got to make an appointment to meet the pastor or to, to arrange a meeting to even talk to him. And sometimes it doesn't even happen. Right. So how are you able to, to <clears throat> talk to your the person that's supposed to be leading you spiritually? You can't even contact them. Mm-hmm. I, I I would ask, because um, I know you know some congregations do have quite a number of people, um, not being a mega church, but like for example, if we look at like John MacArthur or like mm-hmm. and them and their um, congregations, they do have quite a bit of people. Mm-hmm. So for one pastor to be able to to meet to everyone, it might be a little difficult. So then that's why they delegate. They have a leadership behind them mm-hmm. to help them with that. So then did. At Hillsong, do they at least have some type of support group to be able to do that, meet the needs of any people or? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, I think they have uh, pastoral care. Um, I personally never reached out because I figured if the pastor is mm. not, uh, you know, um, preaching doctrinal mm-hmm. um you know, from the Bible, mm-hmm. then I'm pretty sure it trickles down to the leadership as well, and they're not going to be yeah. prepared either. And and that was the case. Um, like I said, with the situation, I did go to some leaders. I went to my leaders because they knew of the situation. Um, 
before I even mm. had found out. So it was kind of like they kept it quiet too. They didn't mm. even take it to leadership. Mm. It was like so, hush, hush. Yeah, so I took it to my leadership and I told them I broke down crying with what had happened. And they're like, yeah, we know. <laughs> kind of thing. Wow. Um, and, and hold on, hold on. <laughs> What's wrong with you people? Yeah, and I exactly, yeah, I did feel kind of like, okay, so like, did you guys talk to, to them? Like, yeah. did you... What, what's up? And it was just kind of like, well, you know, um, there's nothing we can do kind of thing. There was no there, there was wow. no scripture. There was like nothing comforting about it. Um, just kind of like let things play out mm. the way they're going to play out. And also it was a situation where these people should have been sat down. They shouldn't have been serving. Mm. Um, um, and one so it was of, a sinful. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. one of the one of the persons involved was actually leading our host team Mm. so i had a big problem with that too that where i had to remove myself from the Mm. host team because there was anger being so so you know that's 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 actually very very crucial when there's sin in what's supposed to be a church it's known it's called that it's not it's not it's it was brought to the table but it's never dealt with. Mm-hmm. That's the elephant in the room that just stays there. That is very dangerous, especially if you're claiming to be God's church. If you're claiming to be a member of the body of Christ and then there's sin involved and it's purposely not being addressed or purposely not wanting to be removed, you are now breaking the commandments of God. And First Corinthians, I, I believe um, that it is. Paul even tells the Corinthians as he says, "Yeah, there's an adulterer around you. You put that person out. You deliver that person to Satan for what? In order that he may be saved in the last day. You deliver not not that they're gonna have a ritual or you know a seance or whatever. You know, call it out saying no. It means you you put him out of the church. You deliver him to the world. Let him deal. Let God deal with him. And if he is part of God's church, if he really is part of God's elect." And God will deal with him and he will bring him back that he may be saved in the last day. But our call as the church is to put him out. Yeah. To make it known, hey, you're involved in sin. This is God's church. God is holy. We cannot have that in here because you're, the pastor is supposed to be looking out for the other sheep. Your sin is going to infiltrate the congregation and it's going to spread around and we cannot allow that to happen. Therefore, you must be put out if you don't want to um, repent of your sin. Yeah. So that's a crucial part of being part of God's church. So if they're purposely neglecting this, I think that's even more dangerous than the preaching or the modern day worship or rock music that they have. The fact that there's sin involved and they're purposely not dealing with it yeah. is more dangerous than anything else, I believe. Yeah. That was like mm-hmm. very like hard for me mm-hmm. to, to take in because, man, I'm just like... Like a button, you know, like what is like what is happening? Like, why aren't people seeing what I'm seeing? What's wrong was, with you, people? Yeah, that was my question. Like, yeah. am I the only one who sees this? Like, yeah. am I the only one who can like literally open my Bible and quote scripture mm-hmm. and tell you like, no, this is what the Bible says? Mm-hmm. But they, they're not trying to be but judgmental. You're justified. being judgmental. You're being judgmental. At yeah, that point. exactly. <laughs> Quote unquote. Yeah. yeah. So it was hard, and mm-hmm. at that point, I was just like, this isn't God. Mm. this isn't the god that i serve i'm Mm. like my god would not put up with this like if i brought this situation to the to jesus himself he himself would be like get out he would be flipping their table yeah yeah Yeah, 100 
100%. And, and I think in light of like the scripture you're using in 1 Corinthians, it goes on to say too that we aren't um, meant to judge those in the world, mm-hmm. those outside the church. We're meant yeah. to judge those in the inside church. The church. Mm-hmm. And so when people say, oh, you know, we don't judge here or anything like that. And like, no, you scripturally are supposed to within the context of the church yeah. for the better of the church. Yeah. And then also, too, it, it's kind of frightening to, to hear that. Um, because in the Gospels, we know that when there's sin in the church, when there's somebody who's, um, uh, what's it called? When, when somebody's committing a sin against another person or whatever it may be, we're to bring it to the, to the pastor. And then if they're not able to hear that out, then we bring it, or I'm sorry, we bring it to one person. If they're not, they're not able to receive the, the rebuke or receive the correction, then we bring it to a, a, another group of people more people and then to the point where now we're bringing it to the whole congregation if they still don't hear us out if they still don't repent or or, or change what's um happening in their life then we are to cast them out yeah. and that's a scary thing that like when when you bring that up and the people you're supposed to bring it to are supposed to help you bring things to correction as far as um in line with scripture if they're not even in the word if they're not even um, going along with scripture and using their own opinions and their own thoughts and feelings to try to um, justify their situation then, then that, who can you turn to yeah. to help you in, in bringing correction yeah that turns into a controversy for the church it's yeah. like a conflict of interest because mm-hmm. it goes back to the same situation with mm-hmm. their main pastor Brian Houston who covered up yeah. Um, oh, 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 you know oh, what I mean oh, yeah. and it's like why, <laughs> oh, yeah. would, why would they address it when they could just cover it up Slide and, it up and their church is not affected it is a conflict of interest because yeah. what's in their best interest for their mm. church to look like there is no sin they're, mm. they're all doing great they're all righteous they're all servants you know what I mean and it's mm-hmm. it's not like that at all mm-hmm. the church is we're supposed to rebuke each other we're supposed to confess our sins to each other yeah. and then we're supposed to accept what we tell each other for the other. purpose of yeah. restoration like yeah if if <coughs> sin is involved in the church um there's always grace where sin abounds grace abounds even more so the confrontation of, of a sinful lifestyle or someone committing sin is for the purpose of restoring someone it's not for the purpose just for the purpose of rebuke yes there's rebuke involved but it's not to like oh that's the first step that we take oh we put him out no like how Justin said that in the scriptures bring it to one person bring it to another person if not they're, they're still not repenting they bring it to the whole congregation and put them out mm-hmm. and I've seen our pastor do that a couple times, dude. Yeah. And it's hard to sit yeah. in, that, in that seat. And, and it's really uncomfortable to yeah. know that this person that you knew and that you talked to and fellowship with is now involved in the sin. And now the pastor's putting them on the spot saying they need to get out. And, you know, it's, if and he's trying to protect the sheep, mm-hmm. it's uncomfortable, but it has to be done. Yeah. And that is a faithful man of God right there. The person who does that is faithful. Yeah. And it is uncomfortable, and I've seen it happen mm-hmm. in streetlight. Mm-hmm. But also, the thing that always stood out to me about Pastor was he's he's not excluded from that. He's mm-hmm. never excluded himself mm-hmm. from rebuke. Yeah. He has stood on the pulpit and said, if I ever preach mm-hmm. to you something else, yeah. if you know mm-hmm. that I'm in sin and I'm up here preaching, you better kick me out. Yeah. You better sit me down. Dude. And that those are the things yeah. that I've remembered. Those are the things that are on my heart. Mm-hmm. You know, they um, stick out because no, yeah. you don't hear pastors going up there saying that. And you don't, mm-hmm. you know, and that's another thing, too. Or like I said, I, I became angry. I began to question a lot of things because going back to if you're my pastor mm-hmm. and you're leading me, then I need to rebuke you because you're not yeah. doing what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. And who is your boss and who put you here? You know what yeah. I mean? But like you're uh-huh. they're all hired out 
I mean, sadly, you know, yeah. they offer you position. They offer to move you wherever mm-hmm. to place you in a church. You're going to lead. You're you're all set up. You know, all you have to do is here's the template. Stick to the stick to mm. this. You know what I mean? And I think that's what happens. And I think that's where a lot of the the people who are assigned as pastors and as leaders mm. are deceived um, because they're they're appointed a position that is a position that many people actually do you know chase after yeah but Mm -hmm. even the bible tells us we shouldn't want to so much be teachers you know because teachers are judged even more than than those who don't teach yeah Mm -hmm. and then so uh so after uh this this sin was was addressed and you found out oh you know nothing's being done about it so the next question for us would be how how was your response or what was the final straw that you put your foot down and said that that's it i'm done yeah um just when I saw that it was being ignored, um, I just couldn't take it. Honestly, I couldn't live with knowing that yeah. I was a part of a church that couldn't even address sin. Yeah. You know, um, so I began to speak out on it. Um, I was still hosting at the time, but none of the sermons, it was like saltless. It was, there was no flavor to it. Damn. I couldn't even sit through a sermon. So I would walk out. I was mm-hmm. still serving at the time. So like some of the services, I had to be in the sanctuary mm-hmm. or in there. But for the most part, I would just walk out. I would do my job because I said, Lord, if I'm here, I'm going to do it unto you. Mm-hmm. First of all. Um, and I'm like, you know, my heart, you see what I'm doing. You're revealing all these things mm-hmm. to me. I'm going to keep serving. But I just couldn't take it. The word mm-hmm. was too watered down. Yeah. I wasn't being fed. Mm-hmm. Um and then after that, it just it just stayed that way, and I eventually decided to leave the host team. Um, and then after I left the host team, I still kept attending, but I was, I just, I don't know, I, I kind of feel like I needed like a confirmation, like yeah, get yeah. out. And mm-hmm. also because my sisters were still attending, mm-hmm. so my thing was like, I have to protect them. Yeah. Like I have mm-hmm. to make sure that this doctrine or this like stops infiltrating Mm -hmm. them um sadly they're still there but we have talked about it there's conversations Mm -hmm. around it but i think they they do a really good job at indoctrinating people and and really Mm -hmm. getting them to believe that it's all about god's love and Mm -hmm. god's love god's love Mm -hmm. will do the work you know what i mean god's love transforms Mm -hmm. um it does but the right understanding of christ's love that's right there's a wrong and right understanding of it yeah i think when people think of god is love they think that he is only love mm-hmm. and forget to see that god is also just he is also wrathful he is also jealous he is also you know all these other characteristics of god but they only see the one aspect of love and they hold on to that and fail to see the other that make god completely who he is mm-hmm. not only that but it, since god is love then he must hate that which uh is contrary to that so so god is love then he must hate anything that comes against his people or his sheep right so if sin comes against his sheep then he must hate that sin then mm-hmm. he must hate um even because the bible says that he throws a person in hell that he he hates the wicked person not only does he hate the sin he hates the person that actually committing these kinds of things and that's something that we don't want to hear yeah. that's something that we don't want to talk about but god is so displeased with sin that he hates it yeah so if 
this person is standing on the pulpit in the name of Christ, proclaiming to be a a speaker of well God, and then yet he doesn't protect the, God's people from what God hates the most, which is sin. Then that is that is very damaging not only to himself but the people who are listening being um, deceived. Yeah thinking that they're serving the right God. Yeah, so with that also, I began to question, like, God, Mm -hmm. I've been here this whole time. Mm -hmm. I even began to question if God had seen my intention, Mm -hmm. if God had heard my prayer, because Mm -hmm. I know that he turns his ears Mm -hmm. from these such things. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, God, if I'm a part of this, if I've been a part of this false church, this false doctrine, have Mm -hmm. you been hearing me this whole time? Have I really been serving you? And Mm -hmm. it, like, it hurt me. It hurt me so much to, to even think that they had given, they were giving this watered down Christ. And I'm mm. like, wait, like, no, God is so much more, mm. so much more than what they preach on mm. there. Like, it's a cheap ripoff. Dang. It made me, it honestly still like makes me so angry. It makes my blood boil. <laughs> it's the, the backwards Nike sign is what they're delivering. Not the real Nike. <laughs> 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 backwards check mark. It is. It is a counter. Yes. It's like the Nike sandals you buy in Mexico. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> so, so with that, um, then how, how are you? How are you doing now? Coming out of it and um, leaving, you know, one, once and for all. What is your state of in, in your walk with Christ now? Um, honestly, I thank God that I went mm. through that because I feel like it just fueled my flame for God even mm. more. Um, and it's given me a better understanding of what we really are called to do. Mm. Um, and and it's really all in the scriptures. You know, it's mm-hmm. the commission. Mm-hmm. You know, we're called to preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And to love each, you know, one another. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, if I don't, if I'm not loving, how am I not loving my brother? If Or how am I loving my brother or my sister if mm-hmm. I'm not? giving them the word of God. Mm. Um, and so I feel like I am in a, in a better place. I feel like God really does equip us. And there's things that are dormant sometimes mm. in our lives that God brings back to life. And mm. I, I'm so thankful that I had the word in my heart. I'm so thankful that I had a good foundation mm-hmm. with pastor and with streetlight. And, um, I really do, you know, like we all believe that God turns every situation for his own good. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just like in all situations in the Bible, he sent Moses into Egypt, you know, Mm -hmm. and sometimes I look at it as that situation. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I'm Moses, like Moses was great, but Mm -hmm. God does send us into those places. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I look at it like that, like, God, you sent me into Egypt and you sent me to see all these things. And now God's like, let my people, you know, get my people out of there. You know, that's that's honestly how I feel. I just feel like anybody Mm -hmm. that I've encountered that that I have grown to love Mm -hmm. from Hillsong because there's so many amazing people from Mm -hmm. California all the way to Sydney to Mm -hmm. Phoenix. Like I've met so many amazing people who are part of the college who I really do believe have a heart for God and Mm -hmm. who are really do believe are seeking the faith. Mm -hmm. But they've just been indoctrinated into Hillsong. Yeah. So, um. I just, I feel really, it's really important to speak out on it. 
um, it's I say it with a passion, not because I'm coming against them, but mm-hmm. because I'm doing what God tells mm-hmm. me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I have a zeal for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I see uh, you open up your Bible. You want to share scripture? Or what? I did want to <laughs> share a scripture, and it 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 does have to do with um, it's it's Isaiah one, and obviously he's talking about um, Israel, right? Mm-hmm. But how the scripture is alive it means that we can apply it to anything Mm -hmm. and i I often think about like all the times i went to Mm -hmm. all the different kinds of nights they offer like leadership night and this and that Mm -hmm. um but the scripture is isaiah uh one chapter one verse 13 um, and it says, stop bringing me meaningless offering. Mm. Your incense is detestable to me. New moons, Sabbaths, and convocation, I cannot bear your worthless assemblies. Mm-hmm. Your new moon feasts and your appointed festivals, I hate with all my being. Mm. When I read that... Hold I, on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> when I read that, I was just like, I cannot... Dang. be a part of this and i have Dang. to get people out of here because this is how god feels about this mm-hmm. this is how he feels and think about it too this was the nation of israel they they thought they were worshiping god they thought they were doing these things for god but but they're doing it totally wrong yeah and and another scripture and i've shared with you before is mm-hmm. the many will come to me and say yeah. lord lord mm-hmm. did we not mm-hmm. do this did we not do that and i was just like that could have easily been me because I was serving in the host team. Um, You know, I I was given many opportunities because my family is so involved in them. It's kind of like, if they know your name, like you're in. Mm -hmm. Um, It kind of is like a popularity thing too. Mm -hmm. You know, like the pastor um, is not as accessible as other pastors. Mm -hmm. Um, It kind of seems like a popularity contest. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody wants to be the pastor's friend. so yeah i thought about that i meditated on that scripture so much lord lord you know like did i know prophesy in your name um and i was just like wow like i never understood that i never understood what that meant i always thought that that scripture was for the unbeliever Mm. i I never thought that the scripture was for the believer but those that are in the church yeah but then when i began to Mm. realize that there is false works mm. <laughs> um, in our day and age and time, then I began to realize that scripture is not talking about the past or that scripture is not talking about those who are not in the church. That mm. scripture is talking about us. We're, you know, and I was mm. like, I do not want to be the one who has spent my whole life thinking I'm serving God and mm. he's going to point to me and say, I never knew you. Dang, that's hard right there. And yeah, that's, that's, and that's my fear for everyone else mm-hmm. too. That is a part of either mm-hmm. Hillsong or any other prosperity gospel or anything that has to do with false doctrine. Dang, that yeah. is crazy. So if you could say something to, to those friends or those that you come in contact with, uh, what would you say to them right now? Um, I would say remember your first love. Mm. I would say remember what captivated your heart. Remember what salvation means to you. Um, that it is to, through Christ alone, that it's not a sermon 
or a preacher on a pulpit or the popularity of a mm-hmm. church. The church will not save you. The pastor will not save you. The word of God alone will save mm-hmm. you. And you need to be rooted in your scripture and know what the Bible says, mm-hmm. not only about um, God's promises, because that's often what's preached, you know, in those yeah. in, in those types of churches is God's promises and God's mm-hmm. blessing. It's, it's absolutely beautiful to know those things because mm-hmm. those are the things that are are for us that god created for us but it's also important to know um what the bible says about other things and it does address false teaching it does address false churches and it does ultimately tell you to come out and expose Mm -hmm. those things that's our job Mm -hmm. um so i would just encourage anybody who has a doubt or who maybe opposes what i'm saying is just go to the scriptures because Mm -hmm. I could say things, but the word alone is is God's word, mm-hmm. um, and I I don't add to it, and I don't I don't want to take away yeah. from it. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, and that's why we've been going through our series, you know, just taking it back to the foundationals, because if you lay down these doctrines of being justified by faith alone, being adopted into God's family, being sanctified and pruned by Him, and ultimately leading to the point that once you're His, you're His, and that should encourage you. To walk in his commandments. You know, a lot of people yeah. don't don't want to be like, oh, I'm being too legalistic if, if I'm trying to keep not. Out of love for God and out of, of the work that he's done in your heart, you want to please your father and mm-hmm. you want to walk righteously before him. So it's not a work or anything. It just comes naturally out of the redemptive heart. The heart has been transformed from a heart of stone into a heart of flesh. You want to please your God. And so I think that's why we, we, we've been doing that, you know. Theology matters, you know, that what you believe about God is ultimately going to affect your walk. It's going to affect um, how you see God, your works, how you worship, uh, how you run the church, everything, mm-hmm. everything. It affects everything. So I think that one of the last questions that we would have for you is, do you still listen to Hillsong music? Would you still worship to it? Why or why not? Um, I don't listen to mm-hmm. it. Uh I think it is a touchy subject mm-hmm. because, you know, people who are already exposed to the worship obviously mm-hmm. um, are coming to God mm-hmm. and it's between them alone. Mm-hmm. And but as far as the worship itself, we do know where it comes from. Like, yeah. And um, it, it is they're making multi-million dollars, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, so I wouldn't promote it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't encourage people to listen to it. Are they beautiful um, lyrics? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, do some of them sound uh, theologically mm-hmm. correct? Yes. Yeah. Um, are the people writing them uh, seeking after God? You know, uh, I would say yes. But like I said, it's it's uh, they've been blinded to yeah. the fullness of God. Mm-hmm. So, so it's a different version or different. It's just so. Yeah. I think that is touchy. Yeah. Um, but you personally, Pers- out of yeah. your experience, what you've gone through, just you, not to everyone else. Yeah, just, yeah. Just personally, I, I have began, begun to not really listen mm-hmm. to them. Um, I mean, for the most part, I wasn't ever really like a huge fanatic mm-hmm. of it anyways. You know, like Hillsong just spread like wildfire because, yeah. you know, they have the resources mm-hmm. to. But um, ultimately, I do think that true worship is just obedience to god mm, 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 mm. yeah and um That's good stuff. you shouldn't need music to get you any closer or get you feeling emotional mm, or way. yeah any type of way so mm-hmm. yeah i would say you don't need the worship either mm-hmm. 
Worship is a lifestyle, not a not a genre of music. Right, right. And it's for God, not for you. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. So I mean, I think you know, like I said, God is sovereign. Mm-hmm. He allowed you to go through these kind of things for a reason and for a purpose. Um, and the purpose is for you to come on to this, to this podcast and expose the powers of darkness. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there is a a, a greater. Uh, plan that god does have that ultimately we don't see yeah but that's what walking by faith is is mm-hmm. walking in step and obedience to god's word um and ultimately god is fulfilling his purpose through that yeah so well it's very like close to my heart too mm-hmm. because like i said my family is very deeply involved mm-hmm. from here california all mm-hmm. the way to sydney mm-hmm. and when i say deeply involved i mean like Dang. deep so um there's a lot of work to be done yeah yeah Yeah. and i love everyone that i've met Mm -hmm. from hillsong Mm -hmm. um yeah so there's a lot of work to be done but Mm -hmm. i know that god will complete his work and he'll you know reveal himself and um it's really only by the scriptures and Mm -hmm. thankfully i have that foundation and Mm -hmm. it's not you know like paul said you know i boast in christ alone that's Mm -hmm. it because it's not me it wasn't anything that I did. It was just me really putting the scripture in my heart mm-hmm. and remembering what what really um, God calls us to do. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I, I thank God for you, Nadia, that um, you got you and, and your children are where you guys are at now. Because I know there was many nights that a lot of us were lifting you up in prayer mm-hmm. during this time, too, because, I mean, during the time that you did lose Brian and how you were attending Hillsong, me and Julie would go and visit you quite often. And and we would have many discussions about some of these things, too. And I just thank God that, that you know, by God's grace, that, that you are where you're at. And, I mean, yeah, it's cool that you're here with us at, at our church, but nonetheless, that you were just in the things of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're in the scripture, you're reading. And, and importantly, that that's the most important thing. And and as we continue forward, I mean, we still have other friends that are, are continuing. You know, they may not be at Hillsong, but there are other churches that preach the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, that prosperity, that, that that word of faith type movement that we're continuing to lift up in prayer. And, and, and this is encouraging, you know, seeing, you know, what, like, like Nadia went through this and she was able to come out by God's grace. So this is just more more encouraging for us that that continue to have friends that are in in that area that you know what I know God is able to do so I'm gonna trust that God um, will do something out of this you know not not that I'm saying that like God is gonna do it like I'm not um, I'm not trying to say that like I, I'm I'm telling God to do this but I know God is able to Amen. and if and if it's in His will to do so I know He will do it and and for the better of of his will and also for the better of his people so um yeah man i I just want to thank god for for that situation and you even just coming on to to be able to share these things um, with us on this episode yeah so you're like the Lindsay Davis of Hillsong. <laughs> I don't know. You guys know Lindsay Davis? I don't know. Yeah, I, I sent you guys is. a podcast. You guys I know Lindsy Davis. She knows what's up. Who's Lindsay she Davis? She came out of Bethel and she went to the uh, Hogwarts. Oh, Hogwarts. Hogwarts. Yeah. And Bethel yeah. and Hillsong are very involved with yeah. each other. So yeah. huh. 
I mean, you can tell. You yeah. Know. yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I think one of our last questions that we do have for you though is, would you consider cereal a dessert? Oh man, we, we want to hear this. We hey, want to hey, hear this. Hold on, let oh, me give a little background to this. <laughs> no, we want to hear this. Me and Victor have been going at it hard on this topic. I believe Victor is preaching falsely when he says <laughs> yes. that you can use cereal, a bowl of cereal and milk as, as a dessert. And I believe Martin's just going back to the law saying you can't do this. And going back to the law, there's no grace with him. Dang, He's not being Christ, so. <laughs> Would you consider a bowl of cereal a dessert? I'm vegan, guys. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All you guys are insane. <laughs> Uh, no, cereal is not a dessert. Oh, who, oh, oh. Who, who can, who, who, where, what's, what restaurant do you know that you can, that you can go and order cereal off their dessert menu? That's exactly what I told you, bro. I told you. Name me a restaurant that has cereal as a dessert on their menu. Reminds me of the movie Big Daddy. When the little kid goes to ask for cereal, no, we don't have cereal. It's McDonald's. So not every restaurant's going to sell it, but there are restaurants that do. There are restaurants that do sell it. There are restaurants that do sell it. Can you eat it in one bite? Is that a challenge? <laughs> you know desserts are small, so usually. Hey, we're gonna have to ask that. Or put it on our Instagram and ask that question, eh? I think I already yeah. did that. No, that, I put it on my personal. Uh, but we're gonna have to put it on the Reformed Asa page wow. and ask our listeners. Because this is a controversy that has been plaguing me and Victor for decades. Wow. <laughs> I'm gonna pray for y'all. <laughs> so Nadia, I just want to thank you for just taking the time and coming through and sharing your story. And, uh, you know, um, like Justin said, we thank God for you that God has moved in your life and has kept you. Uh, he will make you persevere and he will keep you to the end. And that gives us hope for, you know, family members or other people mm-hmm. that are still involved and that God will ultimately um, bring them out in his timing. So just yeah. continue, persevere, don't give up. And, you know, the most uncomfortable thing that the scriptures call us to do is to call out those things that are false. And it's, and it's hard very hard but um, that's what being a faithful um, servant of God is is doing those hard things and if you are being obedient in that way um, not that if you do this then he'll bless you but like there's there is a a strengthening and and uh, and and power in that yeah I thought you were gonna say there's persecution I'm like I'm ready (laughs) that too that too too. you know America's headed down that way. Well, I've um, heard pastors say so many times, like, I was down for my gang, I'm down for Jesus now, and, like, that's all it is. Down for you the know? Father, down for Jesus Christ. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen, so. Whoa, that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> you must have had some dessert. Yeah. Must have had some cereal. Thank you, Chester. <laughs> but, yeah, gracias for coming through. Hit us up at reformraza at gmail.com with any questions, comments, concerns, or rebukes. Follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook. Um, you know, with, with anything you gotta say, you know, come at us, bro. This is where we stand. This is where we draw the line. You can also leave us a voicemail if you click oh, on yeah. the episode notes on the bottom. There's a link. Um, it goes, it sends you straight to the Anchor app, and you could leave us a voicemail. And then if you leave us one, we could feature you on an episode, answer your question, or whatever you may have to say. And, oh, and also yeah. before we leave, uh, just know that Nadia has a, a podcast oh, called Heart right. on the Mic. Yes, yes. There you go. Shout out Heart on the Mic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her and the. Oh. Oh, watch out, watch out. Her it's a little delayed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, have, they have a podcast. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Dang, bro. Her? <laughs> We're just I'm out of sync. I'm trying to We're just out of sync. right here, bro. <laughs> her and Sister Vanessa, she was featured on our uh, Return of the Backslider episode. They do a podcast called Heart of the Mic. Where can they find you guys? 
So we're at Hard on the Mic on Instagram. We don't have a Facebook page, but um, we do have an email listed as well on our Instagram mm-hmm. page. So you can re- definitely reach out to us through there. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys are our, our Apple, Spotify. Uh, we are. Our main platform is Anchor, but you can mm-hmm. find us across all major platforms mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah, Apple, uh, Podcast, Spotify, um, there's a bunch of them. Go, go check them out. Go check, <laughs> yeah. them, out go out check them out. Hard of the mic. Yeah, go check them out. Amen. Amen. So this is Reform Raza. We are checking out. A rato, vatos. Later. Check the mic. This is for the Raza. This is for the Raza. Raza, Raza. This is for the Raza.